Oh, and we are live. Fantastic news. Sorry, uh, apologies to people who may or may not have uh, just been sat there waiting for it to connect. Uh, YouTube can sometimes be something of a shit. Um, thanks very much for joining me tonight for this solo edition of A Thompson and Other Disappointments. Um, this is, uh, as I say, like the solo editions are... Um, it's just me like trying to make sense of the senseless. Trying to, trying to take whatever is in the news and... Uh, and trying to wrap my head around it. And uh, today on this... Uh, on Oh, fuck. I, I almost didn't do the plug. Uh, brought to you in association with Funk27. Discontent providers. Uh, check out the website funk-27.co.uk for all of your blogs and podcasts about this uh, dystopian nightmare that we now find ourselves living in. Um, uh, and it's, yes, it's episode 64 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Um uh, a story in the news this morning was uh, it's around higher education and i've been talking a little bit on tiktoks and on twitter about my thoughts of university and um it's you know what seeing a story like this uh, which we'll get on to in a second really kind of hammers at home how conflicted my own opinions and stances are on this kind of shit because like i i i mean look we'll, we'll get into it in a second but i feel like i'm coming at it from like four or five different angles and i'm not sure that all of them are conducive with each other which probably tells you that i'm being hypocritical somewhere or that i haven't really thought through my my stances on them but let's let's just as i say let's try and make sense of the senseless right um so let's get into it there's a there's a new story arose this morning it was on uh, bbc this morning it was also on i think it was on sky news um, and I've got it here in front of me in an article in uh, in The Guardian. Uh, it's about, as I say, higher education. Uh, and uh, it's about this new policy idea to withdraw student loans from kids who haven't got a C or above in maths and or English. So if you don't get a C or above in maths and English, then you will no longer qualify for a student loan. Right. <laughs> this is from The Guardian this morning. It says, uh, students from disadvantaged backgrounds in England could be blocked from going to university unless they get strong GCSE or A-level grades under proposals to be announced by the government this week. So key thing there, proposals. So nothing's been agreed yet. Um, but this has all the whole hallmarks of a very poorly thought through policy. So, I mean, it's just as likely to get into the uh, into law as anything else that Boris Johnson's government have ejaculated out into the political discourse over the last couple of years. Um, so if we just let, let's just reread that, let's let let that sink in for a second. Students from disadvantaged backgrounds in England could be blocked from going to university unless they get strong GCSE or A level grades uh, under the proposal. So it sounds bad, right? <laughs> it sounds like in a very Guardian way, it has to be said, as though. Uh, the government, this this like evil Machiavellian Tory government, <laughs> are like they're deliberately implementing a policy to funnel working class kids out of higher education and back out down the bloody mines. You know, like that's how it sounds. It's got those sort of connotations to it because um, it's typically kids from poorer backgrounds who would need the student loans, which are looking at being restricted. If you don't get a C in maths kind of thing, right? Um, and we can come on to the, you know, the pros and cons of it in a minute, if you like. But from the outset, that is how it reads, I believe. And it appears that The Guardian are 
singing from a similar hymn sheet, right? Uh, and I don't think that's actually what's happening here, like totally. I think I think it's probably a clumsily thought through policy. Uh, I don't think it's malicious and you know elitist maybe in the way that it comes off but like again we can we'll tap into that in a minute um the piece continues it says uh, on thursday the government is to publish its long-awaited response to the orgar review of higher education funding the orgar review and the guardian has learned that a key part of the response will be the launch of a consultation on minimum entry requirements for students to be eligible for government-backed loans for tuition and maintenance. So they're sort of alluding to my upcoming points here. They've, they've preempted my shit hot take on this or, or shit hot take, depending on how you take it. Uh, they've, they've preempted it. So the, the Orgar review, I don't know how aware of this uh, any listeners or viewers are um, but the Orgar review for higher education funding that was set up by Theresa May uh, and it was in response to a lot of the shit that Tories got about how expensive university had become uh, the average cost of a three-year degree at the time was nudging £50,000 imagine that 50 grand this is the thing like a lot of us who went to university in like the late 90s and early noughties we sort of forget how expensive it's become since then because we're sort of so drunk on our on our victimhood that we had to pay tuition fees at all because it was it was still like recent history it was still like oh man my older brother didn't have to pay to go to university that's really annoying that i do and like in in our day god i sound like such an old bastard but uh when we went to university it was still quite new like the whole the, the idea of paying to go to university so we're still sort of embittered by that so then when when these kids today if you like moan about uh about their tuition fees we almost look at it or i almost look at it like yeah yeah me me too <laughs> us us too right guys we're all in it together we got just as fucked over as you did but we did not it is uh you know objectively uh, university students today are being horse fucked like eye-watering buggery fucked uh in in their aspiration to go to university um so the average cost of a three-year degree when this uh orgar report was commissioned was about 50 grand uh, so like house deposit money right uh and remember a lot of students study subjects like social anthropology and sociology and criminal psychology and so on and then they never go into the field <laughs> they they study something like sociology and they end up on the grad scheme at boots head office like they got a 2-1 they have a degree but after the gap year that they've spent banging aussies in copenhagen they're sat at their desk like wow i'm I'm so glad I saddled myself with a house deposits load of debt just so I can end up in an office on a trading estate on 24 grand a year. You know, like that's, that was a really great move. Smart move there, Aid. Awesome. Um, you know, like a lot of higher education in that regard has become fucking ridiculous. Uh, they changed it, you know, and by they, I mean new labor. Like it wasn't always like this. It wasn't uh, millions and millions of kids going to university for the sake of going to university. Uh, New Labour, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, I believe it was them. Uh, I'm, I'm relative. I'm ninety percent, ninety ten positive it was Blair and Brown. 
brought in the first tuition fees and it changed higher education from being kind of dusty institutions and you know people training to be doctors uh, and, and publicly funded to at least by my perception being industrialized to some extent they would generate their own income they would be self-sufficient to some extent they wouldn't be reliant on the state and this is it's, it's policies like this that get blair that sort of thatcherite light kind of label because moving universities outside of state funding uh, and making people pay their way to go through university is a kind of thatchery conservative you know shrunken state kind of vibe um and as i say right all of this i, I know it sounds like i'm being very anti-university at the moment in in the introduction here but uh, I say this as a guy who did the whole New Labour University thing. Like, my degree, uh, I got a 2-1 in music industry management. Uh, and do I work in the music industry? No. <laughs> I mean, at least at least I work in an industry. I have that going for me, you know, because I reckon a lot of late noughties, uh, sorry, early noughties, late 90s graduates who studied sociology and you know leisure center management are like i think they're this generation's out of work actors to some extent you know bringing cups of tea and sandwiches out to table 12 i think there's a whole slew of 30 to 40 year olds who did the uni thing paid off their student loans but they're still in jobs working alongside people who didn't do any of it i don't think that's outrageous to say that um so anyway the Orgar review or report or inquiry kicked off uh, in response to the concerns that maybe a degree in contemporary circus with physical theatre, which is a legitimate degree you can study in the UK, concerns that maybe that degree is not worth £50,000. Like if a degree in fucking contemporary circus and physical theatre uh, costs 50 fucking grand... Uh, you know, anyway, in, in response to that, they were, I guess they were, they were saying, and there were some concerns and lobbying to say, you know, maybe we need to look at this because this is getting a bit out of control, how pricey this is getting. We don't want it to get like the US where it costs, you know, the parents have to basically save their entire lives just to get their kids into the next stage of saving their entire life. You know what I mean? Like it's just circular and nobody ever actually gets wealthy because everyone's always saving for their kids' college fund. Um, and so nobody wanted that here. So they set up this report. And, uh, and one of the findings was that you should be able to pay back the loan over 40 years. So an extended term. And that tuition fees should be reduced by like 20% or something. And interest on the loans should go down like while you're studying. And maintenance grants should come back so that if people were a bit broke and strapped for cash and they came from deprived backgrounds or something, they would have some emergency support. And all of this would cost like half a billion. That's what they worked it out. They were like, well, you know, 600 million probably, I guess, you know, finger in the air estimate, half a billion. And here's what's kind of funny, right? The report was set up to address the fact that university was becoming unaffordable to a lot of people. So we're like, we better set up this report to look into this. And the report comes back and says, yeah, bring back grants, drop tuition fees, make it cheaper. Right? That's, that was the, the, you know, the broad kind of findings of this report were like, it is too expensive. And here's the shit that you need to make cheaper and more affordable and uh, more inclusive. Um, and now the government have listened to this report 
and their conclusion having read it and checking out all the findings and recommendations is oh cool yeah well i tell you what we will reduce charges and we will bring bring back grants and generally we'll make it cheaper for everyone and we can afford to do all of that if we ostensibly shrink higher education by making it impossible for a fucking chunk of you to get a student loan. So millions of you will no longer be able to get the financial support now. That's how we, it's like allowing more kids to to have an easier time of it in university by completely decimating a whole chunk of theirs, like chances of even fucking arriving at university. It's so perfectly johnsonian isn't it it's like zero forethought or appreciation for how it works how it looks or, or like any depth of understanding or appreciation for the repercussions it's just we need to make university cheaper so more people can access it okay cool fuck it off for the kids who didn't get a to c in maths and english unless they're rich enough to circumvent the student's loan student loans process and then, and then if they are, then whatever. It doesn't matter. It won't affect them. They honestly have the empty-headed vacancy of... Like, they could rent out Nadim Zahawi. He's the education secretary. They could rent out his fucking cranium as a COVID-safe drinking venue. It's that empty and airy in there. And look, I know... I know on the face of it, it doesn't sound too bad. Like, when you just read it at face value... And this is the problem with half the fucking policies from Team Johnson is that they are... You can forgive people for misinterpreting them as sort of harmless. And and the kind of policies that they come out with are presented in, like, let's say, the Daily Mail or the Express. Or, like, you could totally understand how somebody would read about this policy and be like, yeah, well, you know, if you want to go to university... A uni is a place for smart people to be further educated to a higher standard. So why would you want to give... Like, why would somebody who couldn't get an A to C in maths and English be headed for university anyway? So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's On the face of it, it doesn't sound too bad. C in maths, C in English. A lot of jobs require that. I think a lot of university courses, even ahead of time, require that you have A to C in English. Uh, it speaks to a certain standard, doesn't it? I can sort of understand, especially with English, right? Chances are, whatever you're studying, there's going to be exams and coursework. So to be competent in English, I think that feels understandable, palatable. But GCSE maths, like, really? <laughs> like, why is, why is this lender's responsibility... It now including to check up, like, if my maths is up to a standard, if I'm studying fine art. If I go to university to study fine art, or if I'm going to the Royal College of Music, why the fuck do the student loans company care if I know trigonometry and the Pythagoras theorem or, or some shit? Why is it on the student loans company to assess what is an do you know what i mean like there's something really troubling about that and elitism aside right because it is a bit elitist to pull up the drawbridge for the kids who are reliant on government back loans right that is but that shit aside it's it's kind of funny broadly speaking it, like is is gcse maths essential for getting a loan now <laughs> really like is that where we're headed we're testing people's maths before they'll let 
them sign up for a loan like when did that change because i'm pretty sure giving loans to people who can barely perform arithmetic is how most of western capitalism is structured <laughs> like most of most of western capitalism is like yeah so y you want a loan and then the guy's like yeah i'm here for the loan <laughs> yeah for, for eighty thousand pounds yeah 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 could you just take the crayon out of your mouth long enough to sign here please thank you brain damaged road accident victim here's your check mom i got i got the money for disneyland mom <laughs> you know like that is most of western capitalism is just fucking predatorial targeting of people who can't afford a fucking financial instrument and selling it to them with a jacked up apr and you know but now out of nowhere it's like right okay uh we're going to assess if your if your maths is good enough for you to get this student loan it's like in any other context they'd be like no fuck it you can have a loan and you yeah sure we'll cripple you with debt absolutely we will are you sure 18 year olds should have fifty thousand pounds worth of debt yeah sure fuck it don't infantilize them they're adults that's funny, like, they're adult enough to take out a student loan for £50,000 when their frontal lobe hasn't fucking developed. They're adult enough when they're filling out UCAS forms to decide all this shit. But, you know, and at that point, they're what, 16, 17? But can they have... Are they adult enough to vote? No. No, 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 no. I don't know. Uh, stories like this make me realise how conflicted my own opinions on higher education really are, you know? Like, it's... Like, I think shit like this is bad because I can see it pricing working class people out of getting to university and improving their situation. Like, social mobility. But social mobility already feels like a relic of a bygone era, doesn't it? It's 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 one of these things where... Like, I, I read or heard a statistic about this a few weeks ago where they said that social mobility has collapsed. It's, you know, it's at its lowest people who start off on council estates are the least likely to to be able to change that situation and go on to be financially successful that is the lowest likelihood now than it has ever been now i can't remember where i heard that so i'm not going to cite you a reference if you want to go away and look it up fine um but i absolutely believe that because there's been so many cuts over the last like 15 years and so much fucking hacking away and now shit like this you know it's like like, take a modern, young, working-class kid now. Less disposable income than ever. They can't save. Their parents can't save. They're stuck in a fucking rent trap. And now we're going to make it harder still to get into university, to gain a qualification and become a lawyer or a doctor and improve and get themselves out of that situation. Like, I find that infuriating because... Not not to fucking, like, go all woe is me or anything, but, like, my situation was kind of not dissimilar to that. Like, we were never, like, fucking, you know, hand-to-mouth, hand like, eating breadcrumbs and... Uh, but we we weren't flushed with cash. Like, we, we lived on council estates. Uh, there were times when I, uh, I'd saved up... I think it was about £200 from, like, my paper round money when I was, like, 14. Do they even have paper boys anymore? Maybe that's another... That's a conversation for a different episode when we're talking about automation and job losses and tech and stuff. But anyway, I'd saved up a load of money from my paper round to buy this guitar amp. 
I saved up for weeks and months and um uh and then I saw my mum in tears at the at the sink and I was like what's wrong and she was stressing about money and I said to her I was like I've got like 200 pounds upstairs if you need to borrow it you can borrow it like just to get you through the month and then and she did she borrowed 200 pounds off her 14 year old son i think i was at that point and i think she felt some shame at having to do that and she paid it back to me the next month and that's fine uh and i don't you know there's no judgment there at all i i know that some people have it incredibly tough and then i went on to university and now my situation is much more comfortable than I think hers was at that time with her being a single parent, with us being on council estates, with her job being a secretary versus what my job is now. But I find it infuriating that that they would now try to make it harder for a child in my position back then to then go on and try to get themselves out of that situation. Now, it's not look for me, it's not actually that clear cut. I don't want to get all you know, self-obsessed and narcissistic and tell you my life story. But I can tell you this, that this is where it all gets a bit conflicted for me because I'm, I'm pro you having the opportunity to go to university to better your situation. But you should know it's like, for me, it didn't actually pay dividends. <laughs> like my, my lifestyle now is dramatically improved from the, 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 the circumstances that I grew up in. Uh, but it's not I, I wouldn't put it down really to university or to my degree you know i think i mentioned at the beginning i studied music industry management and i don't work in the music industry um you know i have never worked in the in the music industry so it's kind of to what like what value would you attach to that piece of paper and the fact that i went to university for three years when it's it's had no measurable impact on my life um and also, you know what, like you have to you have to factor in. This is where another conflict comes from. It's like I do kind of think that university is sort of over. This is the thing, like I'm pro your opportunity and I'm pro your decision Like you get to choose if you want to go to university. And if all the rich kids are going to university, then fuck them. You get to go too. it should be equal. It should be equality of opportunity. Like you all get a chance to make something of yourself. And if you put in the work and keep your head down, the, the best rise to the top. And it's a true meritocracy. That's how it should be. But in terms of like what university is and whether I think it makes sense in the modern world, I mean, the jury is kind of a bit out on that one. Like, like the format of learning and teaching like that that was dreamed up in a time where the optimal way of educating people was to sit them all in one room and have a gray-haired guy up front bellowing philosophy at them and and rich people would send their kids there and they'd have a dis like discussion seminars about what would happen if time fucked matter or some shit you know like deep philosophical or physics based discussions that would not be able to take place anywhere else in your village or in your town up north and and, and because that all made sense at that time you have a handful of surgeons or a handful of lawyers who had the experience and who could or would agree to teach and they couldn't be everywhere to teach all of these hundreds of 
different pupils. So you got the people who wanted to learn to trek down to London to learn that thing or to wherever and to all sit together in one room and then he could teach all 100 of them at the same time. It was economical to do it that way. But now we have the internet, like meaning you could just learn the shit from anywhere. You don't have to pay tuition fees even. You could just pay $10 a month for Coursera or Pluralsight or Egghead or, you know, pick any Code Academy, fucking any of these online learning things. You can learn a valuable skill, a marketable skill that's going to earn you more money than you currently earn in your call center job or your teaching assistant job. You go in there and you learn like user experience or online marketing tools or um, executive assistant, blah, blah, blah. Like fucking you fill in the blanks. There's ways and means to learn all of this stuff online and you just pay like the $10 a month subscription fee to, to Coursera. And there's no halls, there's no maintenance, there's no loans. So there's a huge part of me like where if people go, they're, they're trying to stop me to go from going to university. I'm like, good. Don't fucking go. Are you going to sign off on a 50k debt when you're 18? 18. You know, like your brain hasn't fully developed and you're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. When you could learn something for a couple of hundred quid online. You know, it's it. I feel like in the 21st century, it's fucking madness to have this archaic education model. And it's not even like if we're talking the traditional university model of everyone goes to a lecture hall and the guy teaches up the front and then and the, and it's that versus Coursera or Pluralsight and online stuff. It, it's not even apples and oranges like that. It's, they're, they're not that different. Not like after COVID. If you're paying tens of thousands of pounds for a bunch of university lectures, tens of thousands for that, I'd be really careful about them saying things like, like, here's how they would market it. They would go like, um, they'll say, uh, well, we're a modern university and uh, we use the latest technology. And as a student of Birmingham University, you'll get exclusive access to lectures in real time. Because it's like, boil it down. And what is it? It's a video of a guy teaching. So if it's a video of a guy, it's like they're the same fucking product. It's like they're doing remote... <laughs> video lectures and Coursera are doing video lectures. I feel like if uni shit now is just work from home remote lectures with like with COVID and uh, you know, and tutors are like, yeah, just upload your work in PDF format and then log on to the portal and to see and submit your essay and and I'll oh, just click the blue button if you want to raise your hand in the lecture and then just write the question in the chat applet you know if it's if it's that kind of vibe then really it is a question of do you want to pay 50 grand for videos or do you want to pay 200 pounds for videos <laughs> but 150 students taking your course 150 what is that 150 times 50,000 pounds what even it see i would fail my minimum c grade in maths now wait hang on let me see if i can measure. five times 15 is seven 75 is it so that's like the so 75 uh seven point five million is that right maybe i hope that's right 150 times 50,000 is 7.5 million, I think, in my head. It, it, I, I, it's either that or more. So 7.5... In fact, you know what? 
fuck this let's just work it out <laughs> i don't want to be fact checked and fact checked and have people in the comments going you fucking idiot um so 152 uh sorry 150 students times 50 oh, oh, oh. yeah fucking 7.5 million pounds fuck me 7.5 million pounds that's just brought in from your year how fucking nuts is that on one course 7.5 million pounds in revenue for your shitty bachelor's degree in leisure center management and that's one year out of three you've usually got three years running at the same time right you're the first year then you go on to your second year and then you know maybe you've even got a sandwich course here and you're still paying tuition fees for your catch-ups and all that shit 7.5 million per year so let's say i've i've let's round it up right three-year degree 7 14 21 million for a whole course of people paying that 21 million a year for three years worth of those people <laughs> that is that shit is an earner oh my god I tell you what, 7.5 million, those remote lectures on video, they better be on some fucking 4K definition, 3D goggle shit and presented by Matt Damon. Like Matt Damon's agent is fucking phoning him going like, yeah, I got an awesome role for you. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, what, do, what, like lead in a movie or am I going back to Mars? Or you, like, is it the Born Supremacy 5? Or like... Like, no, it's, uh, you get $1 million just for in introducing three lectures for the University of Kent. Knock yourself out. Do I have to leave my hotel? Do I have to go fly over there? No, you can just do it on Skype. Like, they better fucking up, like, 7.5 million. So, I don't know. I think don't go to uni. I think, you know, just to hark back to my original point, it's kind of like, you should have the same opportunity as the rich kids. Everyone should have the opportunity to go to a place, regardless of their background. And if the university are willing to take your grades, whether it's like, you know, a C or D or E in maths, if they give you a pass, that's up to them. If they think you're smart enough and they're going to let you in, that's up to the university. I don't know why it's down to a lender to say, like, it just, it, it really speaks to this idea that the Tories are completely in a bubble. Like, it hasn't even occurred to them, the optics of how bad this looks. And here's the thing, right? I, I mentioned this at the beginning, or I sort of alluded to the fact that I don't think that this is a sort of, you know, evil Machiavellian uh, Tory policy where what they're trying to do is edge out the working class. I, I did a, a video on this on TikTok this afternoon uh, and a couple of the comments back were saying like, yeah, because they don't want working class people getting educated. I don't think that's the case. I think on balance of probabilities, what this is, is a very poorly thought through policy. Like, as I said, off the back of that report, they were told that they needed to reduce certain costs to make it more accessible. And their go-to way of doing this was going, well, how can we stop? <laughs> how can we make fewer people go to university? Because then we wouldn't have to, like, to, to, to satisfy this in the same way. Um, we, can, we can make it cheaper and more manageable for some people to go to university, but we're going to have to cut the number of people taking student loans cause, and then it will balance out the cost because student loans are government-backed. And here's the other thing I think it is, is I, I recall having a chat with a friend of mine a couple of years ago 
where he was saying that the uh, the bubble of the student loans themselves as an asset class is a ticking fucking time bomb. He was just like, oh, bailouts for banks and, you know, subprime. It's kind of like it's in that region. Like at some point it's going to blow. And I think that's been well documented now. I think people are genuinely concerned about what's going to happen to these loans uh, that have been dished out over the last 20 years. And a lot of the students just have not paid them back because they've never actually either they've stayed in education like they're just getting degree after degree and then a master's and then they do this or they go traveling and then they come back and live with their parents and and these these loans the condition of them is that you never have to pay them back if you don't earn over a certain amount and look we we all know people and i'm not saying this in a snidey way i'm not saying it in a sort of there's no snark uh in in my makeup when i'm saying this um but we we have all met people who have gone to university they studied a little something and then they you know they come back and they work in a cafe for a bit and they save up some money and they go to thailand and then they doss around they smoke a bit of weed and then they come back and then they work in a shop for a bit and then they save up some more money and they start a little maybe they get a job in a gallery and they went to university and it was very much in line with their sort of like liberal weed smoking values and they met people of a similar mindset and that's great and it's cool it's great that you've broadened your horizons and i don't even think you should have to pay back the student loan situation uh but I just I think that we all know people who have kind of lived that lifestyle. That's very carefree, hemp, uh, cardigany kind of weed smoking thing where they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I'll get around to it. Maybe one day if I'm earning enough, then I'll start paying it back. Um, and those people, that is still an asset class. That's still a loan somewhere on a spreadsheet where some exhausted, prob probably graduate is sat there going like, oh, well, yeah, there's still like 30 30 reds on the spreadsheet and they're not earning anything i can see on their national insurance they're not really earning anything so what are we going to do you know there's nothing <laughs> there's no way that we can recoup that um so yeah i think look my advice to anyone if you if you have any stock in any advice that i give anyone uh is save your fucking money train online move to here's here's a wild idea i wish i'd done this right train online learn javascript right and then move to wherever your friends go to university. Because if your friends are going to start uh, um, studying sociology and criminal psychology, and, you know, maybe they do genuinely want to be a criminal psychologist, but if they just find it a bit, a bit interesting, uh, and then you know that they're actually going to, you know, come out and then work in a call center or something afterwards, here's what I wish I had done. And it's going to sound a bit cunty, but... I think train online, learn JavaScript, move to wherever your friends go to university, and then just get a job doing like whatever it is that you trained online to do. So if you do JavaScript, then get a job doing JavaScript somewhere near them and then be like with them there at university. Then you've still got the lifestyle. You can even live with them if you want in a house share, but you'll be earning money. And while they envelope deeper and deeper into debt, into 50 grand or 60 grand's worth of debt, that's just, they're going to be saddled with it throughout their 20s. Like, if I was 18 again now, I'd self-learn programming, then I'd move to Brighton or Kent or something and just do contract work for 500 quid a day. <laughs> and I'd just be writing unit tests and scratching my balls, you know, like, while, while your mates slowly, you know, qualify, absolutely, but then just 
the debt is just there. And then you go around their house share for dinner or something, you know, and they're all eating beans on toast, broke, spending the last of their maintenance check on two litre bottles of Super Boss. And you're there donning a well-embellished tunic, drinking moe out of a silver goblet or something. Like, I wish I'd had that lifestyle when I was at university. Like, the, the outrageously rich guy in the house share. That would have been fucking amazing. That's my advice to anyone. Is, like, self-learn. Go get a job where all of your friends go to university. So you still got the lifestyle. You're still going out. You've got fucking shit tons of money whilst they envelope in debt. And you get to feel kind of smug, you know? Like I said, like, it's... I don't want to sound snark about it. I don't. I appreciate it sounds a bit cunty, but I like this. It would be fun. I think there'd be a lot of fun to be had if you were the rich guy, the rich contracting programmer. And I know that sounds a bit. Maybe that sounds a, a little bit like fantastical to some people. Like, you know, if you started self-learning at eighteen, could you really be contracting by the time you know you get down there? Well, probably not. But I did, I used to work with uh, a team of developers and there was a contract, contracted like developer there on about 500 pounds a day. And he was about 21 and he had already contracted, he'd worked around the world to the point where he was so well versed in contracting and tech recruitment and working on new projects and new apps. And like, he just knew the whole shit inside out and he was whilst he was sat there he was it was quite jarring listening to him talking about how he was constructing genuinely i'm not bullshitting you a 21 year old kid talking about how he was constructing shell companies to avoid tax in the uk and it's like now i look back on that i'm just like i really should have said something i should have said that's kind of gross you know but you, nobody wants to be, like i was a junior developer at the time so i want to stand there as a junior developer and talk to the super experienced like contract developer and be like i actually have a problem with your tax avoidance sir and i will be requesting a trend no like you're not going to do that um anyway look i'm going way off on a tangent as per usual um is there anything that i i feel like maybe i touched on something earlier that i haven't actually come back to um but uh but i don't know hopefully hopefully i've covered everything um the only thing I was... Oh, no, that's right. I'll, I'll just quickly li leave you with this. So when I was talking about, like, my situation uh, and how little university has has really kind of impacted my life, I think it's just important to caveat that with the, the sort of um, implicit... Implicit? Yeah, implicit. Uh, or sort of s sub... Um, words escape me a little bit at the moment, but it's kind of like bubbling under the water, that sort of vibe, right? the the impact that having gone to university can can have just on its own for some people so the first thing is the independence thing right is it's the, there's this idea in the uk that university culture like you will you move away from your parents maybe for the first time um and you go and live independently and suddenly you're managing bills and you're making friends who are like-minded it's not like school it's not like school where um, you know, the rough kids dominate and the really, I don't know, slutty rough girls dominate. And um, and it's not to sound judgy in, in that respect, but school is kind of an unpleasant vibe if you're in any way intelligent, I think. 
uh, or it was in our state school comprehensive university is a different thing because when you get to university everyone is there to learn and there's a certain type of person that goes to uni i know that sounds i hope that doesn't sound snobby but but there is you you get far less of that like high school bullshit um that's so well characterized in like in cheesy american movies uh in in university it's just a different vibe uh and when when i went when i left uh college i, I went from school to college off to university um i guess you could say that there was it, it was my first real exposure to academia um and maybe that had some sort of impact on me and made me sort of shoot for the stars a bit more i, I really don't know not consciously anyway um, I mean, apart from anything else, it was a converted school. So it didn't look like some, you know, big, posh, red brick university. It just, it was like, you know, just looked like a fucking comprehensive. Um, the second thing is, it's sort of, there's a, there is a possibility that in interviews in my 20s, that people saw my CV and uh, they saw that I had gone to university and that there was a 2-1 on there. And even though the subject that I studied, which I mentioned was music related, uh, even though that wasn't relevant to the job, that it they felt it said something about me and they were willing to give me a shot over maybe like another candidate who I pipped to the post. It could be that there was another candidate equally suited to the role, but who just hadn't gone to university. And the hiring manager in that instance may well, I don't know if this has ever happened, but I totally accept that that is possible uh so when i'm saying shit like university didn't actually really do an awful lot for me um i i'm you know worldly enough uh and aware enough of things like classism and privilege and the way that we perceive graduates in this country uh to know that there is a possibility that implicitly it, it may have benefited me um but i never applied for any uh, I don't think I applied for any like grad schemes or anything. I probably should have done, uh, and then I'd have more interesting tales to uh, to leave you with. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I th I think that's important to uh, to clarify. Uh, and and off the back of that, when we talk about social mobility, and uh, w you know the dividends that having gone to university can pay. So like, if I look at my own situation, and I, I, you're not supposed to speak like anecdotally, you know, anecdotal evidence is not everything, right? But from my own situation, I went, I came up on council estates. I went to a state school comprehensive, single mother, blah blah blah, um, and then I went to university. And if you looked at me on paper, you would say, oh well, there you go, that's social mobility in action. You started off here and then you went to university and you, now you live a certain lifestyle. You've improved your situation. Well done. Here's a flag. Go and fly it for university culture everywhere. And I'm like, no, not so fast. Because what's actually happened is I went to university and then, as I say, like I accept that there may be some sort of implicit uh, subconscious uh, influences that having gone to university have had on me. But in, in terms of the actual paper and having come out with a 2-1, didn't really do anything. In fact, I spent pretty much all of my 20s and early 30s broke, fucking broke. And interestingly, the two guys I lived with in North London, neither went to university and both earned, I think, I've never asked them exactly how much they were earning at that point, but I estimate that they were earning about double what I was. Uh, so make of that what you will. Like it didn't go, having gone to university did not improve my financial situation at all. Uh, what actually improved 
my situation was self-learning was like my girlfriend getting pregnant and it lighting a fire under my ass and then me going like oh shit i I really need to sort my shit out uh and at the time i was just doing like you know sort of projects admin stuff and it was it's like a good job it's like being working in a pmo i don't know if any of you are familiar with that but that stands for project management office working in that environment is is pretty good but it that role at that time did not pay uh enough for a sort of what i would call a middle class existence certainly not in london um and so what changed things for me was self-learning and so off the back of that it's difficult for me to truly fly the flag for university and social mobility to any really huge extent when my personal experience of it is that it didn't really change my situation at all uh and the two guys that i ended up living with for a few years neither went to university and both both of them were doing very well thank you very much so um so yeah again not to labor my point and i'll just leave you on this um but my my stance on this, I think, broadly, and so as not to uh, attract criticism for being a hypocrite and having conflicting opinions and stances and so on, is absolutely that you should have the opportunity to pursue the sh- same shit as the rich kids. And if they're talking about putting something in to temper your chances because they're going to restrict student loans for you, a kid from a council estate, but the same kid having come from a rich background an affluent background who doesn't need to take a student loan can get into the same university with a d or an e in maths or english then i say that's some bullshit right that's that is not okay uh and then having said that don't fucking go to university just learn it all online save yourself 50 grand and uh yeah um save up for a house and invest wisely and Oh, God, what a weird, abstract, shitty way to end a podcast. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, I will be back on Friday night uh, with a uh, podcast guest, and we're going to be talking about um, tribalism, division, um, why we are always doomed to go back and forth between Labour and Tories in cycles of like 12 years, 15 years. Um, My guest on Friday night is a chap called Neil. Uh, He's got in touch. Uh, He's been writing a book for about 30 years about this. uh, So I'm super psyched to be chatting with him. Um, If you do, if you are in a position to support the podcast, I'm attempting to grow. Uh, Please get on to patreon.com slash aid Thompson. Um, Failing that, just follow me on Twitter and say hey, and I'll catch up with you all soon. All right, ciao for now. Bye-bye.